This is Talking Small Business with Kat Schmoyer and Megan Martin, a podcast for creatives who like to keep it real about what it actually takes to grow an online business. We're competitors turned biz besties who chat daily, and now we're bringing you into the conversation. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the first episode of Talking Small Business with Catchmoyer and Megan Martin. Y'all, I am so excited that we are finally doing this. Megan and I have been talking about doing this for what feels like forever. And finally, we put it on the to-do list. We made it a priority. We were going to get this podcast off the ground. So welcome to our first episode. Thanks for tuning in. This one, we wanted to share a little bit more about our story. Why are we doing this podcast together? Like, why are we friends? Like, what's going on in, in like our little bubble? And why did we think it would be fun to kind of bring you guys into the conversation? So we're going to start with that. And I'm going to actually like pass the mic over to Megan and let her kind of kick it off, sharing a little bit more about her background, uh, what she does, who she serves, and then I'll share a little bit more about mine. Yeah, I am super pumped, friends. I'm Megan and just really excited to share a lot of conversations with you through this podcast. But to start it off, we definitely wanted to introduce ourselves if you have never met us before. I am Megan Martin and I help creative entrepreneurs turn what they know, love, do, and already have within them into digital products that they can sell. My personal background is in website design and brand design. And um, in 2016, I pivoted from a service-based business model and launched my very first line of digital products. At the time, they were digital products that were for service-based business owners. And um, I have made many pivots and evolved over the last uh, almost five years at this point. Now I sell website templates And um, I also have a membership where I connect with and serve other people who are trying to create and sell digital products. And really, my whole goal every day is to either connect with other people or show other people how you can do this business model for yourself. So that's like my background in a nutshell in two minutes. (laughs) Kat, what about you? Tell us about your background. Um, so I am a service provider and I I do have digital products, but I'm definitely not the digital product guru like Megan is. She's like underselling herself in this situation, you guys. She's like the queen of digital products. Um, so I started my first business eight years ago, almost eight years ago as a wedding planner. And I am still an active wedding planner. I just take a very limited number of couples every year. Um, so while I love wedding planning, it's definitely not the focus of all of my businesses over the past eight years, I've launched several different brands. So I have my wedding planning company and then I launched creative at heart. Um, I host a conference every year for creative small business owners, and we have a membership community to provide on demand education for creative entrepreneurs. So anywhere you are, you can pull up your laptop and kind of binge watch education similarly to Netflix. 
Netflix is like how I like to call it. Um, so within Creative at Heart, the focus is encouraging small business owners um, to just really be able to move forward in their dreams and in their goals. Um, and then my own brand, uh, the Catch Moyer brand, is where I get to do that more one-on-one. So within Creative at Heart, I'm doing that on a larger scale at our conference, partnering with our educators, really getting to love and serve our attendees. But then one-on-one, I want to have my coaching clients and my mastermind students, and I have some shop templates. Um, So really getting to walk alongside creative small business owners, um, making dreams a reality. Um, I feel like my superpower is quarterly planning. So I love to look at all of the moving pieces in your business and help you make a 90 day game plan to like really make it happen. So again, whether that's from a conference standpoint or an individual like one-on-one, um, it's definitely a way that um, I like to help and serve small business owners. Love it. And you are the calendar girl. If I'm the queen <laughs> of digital products, you're the calendar there girl. There we go. There we go. All, all the, the queens and things over here. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about how we met. Because um, we've both been in the small business world for a while now. Um, and gosh, it was 2016 when we first met, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I loved how you talk about like part of your business is wedding planning. And so I didn't share that little point, but I feel like even hearing you say your thing and like me talking about my business, we really are competition in all of the ways that are possible. I know. Um, yeah, I actually was a wedding planner. I started my business in 2011 as a wedding planner. That was how I found you online. Yes, I knew you were a wedding planner in Florida. Yeah. Yes. We connected on Instagram way back in the day. I remember you following me. And then I actually went to a um I went to a retreat. My friend had a retreat at the time that she was putting on annually. And I met Ashley Prophet at that retreat. And she was there with Shay Cochran and we were sitting at lunch one day and she was like, so have you girls heard of this chick named Catch Moyer? And I was like, actually, yes, I, we follow each other on Instagram and she had just designed your brand at the time. I don't know if you like remember this whole process, right? So but, like, funny. You, yeah. I guess you hired Ashley Prophet to design your brand and she was at this retreat and just randomly brought your name up at the lunch table. And we started chatting about how she was like, this girl is going to take off. Like, she's going to do huge things. And I'm like, well, I feel cool because I'm her Instagram friend. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'm going to, like, hang out with her, you know. Um, but that's, like, the first real inclination I had that like we both had similar businesses. We both had similar dreams of building our wedding planning business at the time. And then we just were Instagram friends for a while. I don't even know when that was. It must've been like 2014. Yeah. That I had this because conversation I, I'm pretty with- sure that's when Ashley designed my brand. It was my very first like real brand. I had like the, mm-hmm. you know, I DIY'd my website template situation for about a year. And then when I could afford to hire a designer, she was the first one that I hired. That's wild. So So then in 2016, we met in person. I remember meeting you in person. It was the Rising Tide Leaders Retreat. You walked in wearing all white, literally white jeans, white, like Florida (laughs) girl, all white with your girls and like Jeremy and like the stroller. And I was like, who is this girl? Like we need like Kate Spade purse, all white. Like we're going to have to be like real life friends since we're like friends on Instagram. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Oh my yeah. So we met at the Rising Tide Leaders Retreat. It was the first retreat they put on. It was in Charleston. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I didn't know anybody coming into this retreat. 
Um, I led the Tuesdays Together group in Jacksonville, Florida at the time, and you led your group mm-hmm. in Nowhereville, Virginia. <laughs> yes, literally. I, I don't even need to say the city name because people will be like, where is that? <laughs> Um, but I remember coming to this retreat and absolutely not knowing anybody. And Esley, my youngest daughter at the time was super little. So I was like managing breastfeeding and like on a tight schedule with this newborn baby and coming to this retreat where I didn't know anybody, but I was actually super excited to meet you in person. And I remember we were like, we'll have to connect and chat. And, um, yeah, so I remember walking in the room in my all white outfit And I feel like we just immediately connected. It was like, it just felt like I was talking to a friend from day one. I completely agree. It's so cool. And as we like keep doing this podcast, I'm excited to even like dig more into this, but I feel like we're such kindred spirits on so many areas, which is why this is so natural now for us to be doing this together. Yet we are also very, very different. So it's just a really interesting friendship because again, we have such similarities, even to the point of like business offerings, um, faith, all of those things, but yet we're we're like yin and yang when it comes to personality type and just the way that our brains like process things in in our businesses and in our life. So um, yes, I totally agree from like the very first conversation online to then meeting in person, our relationship has just grown over the last few years. And after meeting at the Rising Tide Leaders Retreat, you were then a panelist at Creative at Heart. So we got to connect even further with just like hosting the conference and then being at the conference together, then sharing in some like really deep and like dark personal things that were going on in our lives like over the years. Um, and then we started our own little accountability like mm-hmm. pod together, basically. And just, okay, we knew that we both had similar business models. We had similar things going on in, in our seasons of life, small kids at home, breastfeeding, like nursing journeys, pregnancy journeys, growing our businesses with our husbands, like alongside of us and wanting to have a space to be able to share like the good, the bad, the ugly, like all of it together. And so we started doing that like really off the cuff um, to just be able to share in those conversations together. And I'm so glad. I mean, we've been doing that for years now and I'm so glad that we've been able to do that. Yeah. It's been such a huge blessing to have connection with another entrepreneur that gets you, gets what you're going through and that you can kind of peel back the layers of fear and, um, you know, holding on to everything that you have in your business with a tight fist and actually just connect with that other person. And we were able to create a relationship where it was not only like us as friends, but us as like we help each other with next steps or coming overcoming roadblocks in our business and figuring out how we can best serve the customers that we show up for. Um, so it's definitely been such a powerful relationship. But I think what's really interesting in this first episode that we wanted to really bring to light is the fact that we really are competition with each other. Yeah. And, you know, we met through the rising tide and the rising tide slogan is community over competition. Right. And I feel like that slogan can sort of go a few different ways Mm -hmm. in how people take it, you know. Um, But we are that in a nutshell, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, that's what our relationship has become. And I was even thinking as you were talking, you know, I don't know the exact saying, but people like, you know, the saying where it says like, you are the sum of your five closest friends. Yes. Yes. 
you know that saying. So I feel like we are such an interesting example of that because we're so close. And when we say we talk every day, we literally every talk. Every day. <laughs> every single day, all the time. I remember one time you were like, Matt cannot handle how much we box. <laughs> like, it's or, all day long. Or I go to tell Matt something and he's like, well, did you talk to Megan about it already? I'm like, I mean, yes, actually, two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. We 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 used to have the situation where we would like have Thursday, I think it was 10 a.m. in the morning that we would mm-hmm. sit down for an hour and it was like Cat and Megan call day. Mm-hmm. And we would like do our own mini mastermind. But now it's turned into like we have kids, we have a lot of things going on. So we just vox each other all day long. And so that's what we meant by like bringing you into this conversation of we've always said behind the scenes, like our voxes should be a podcast. Um, Because we talk a lot about deep strategy and we have hard conversations as well. And going back to the point of like being the sum of your five closest friends, like Kat and I talk to each other every single day. So it is so natural that even though we are wildly different, especially in terms of our personality and the core makeup of our beings, we are so similar in the way that we think, especially when it comes to business. And um, it has naturally lended itself to us starting to do the exact same things. Not only were we wedding planners at first, but it's it's been a natural progression that when we're focusing on each other's businesses and the way that our, like our strengths and our talents and um you know what we have our own experiences in our own businesses it's been na- a natural progression that we start to almost offer similar things and so we wanted to have this conversation to kick off this podcast to say what does it look like to actually be best friends with your competition and how do you handle these hard conversations especially when it comes to like hey we're starting to sell the exact same thing to the exact same person. So how do you navigate that and actually continue in a space of community with competition? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that is it. What you just said at the end is like, yes, you can have those conversations, but how can we do it and really be genuine and authentic with waving that flag of community over competition? And I don't want to like toot our own horns here, but I do think that we do that well. And we have learned over the course of the last five, six years in our friendship and all of the, the like ebbs and flows of even the pivots that we've both made, you know, individually now doing this together like all of those things, what does it look like to still be able to wave that flag for your best friend when they're succeeding and it feels like you're not? Or when they say they want to offer something and you're like, well, man, I had this idea, like I was going to offer it. And like, how do you navigate the mindset of it? How do you navigate the business of it with knowing like, well, at the end of the day, my business still has to pay the bills. So like, no, I don't want to be competition with my best friend, but like, we, we all need to like bring home some money here. So just a lot of things to unpack in this episode and a lot of things that we probably won't get to all of it today because this can't be like a three hour long episode, but we want to like jump in and, and like start unpacking some of this. So, okay, let's talk about, you already mentioned this um, when you were just talking, Megan, when we want to offer the same things. Like, I feel like that's a big pain point really when you are good friends with um, somebody else in your industry or maybe you're listening to this and you're nervous to become friends with other people in the industry because you feel like offerings are so similar. So let's start like talking about that. Like how do we navigate this relationship when we either want to offer the same thing or now currently we are offering things that are very similar? 
I think that's like a twofold question, but in my mind, the part of the question where it's like, I'm afraid to become friends with somebody who does similar, similar things with me. Mm -hmm. I think if you're trying to establish a relationship with someone who does do similar things with you so that you can kind of go deep with each other on strategy and how to grow your business, I think you have to seek out the relationship for first and foremost, I think for a peer friendship and not so much like, what can I get out of this other person? Because when you and I first became friends, that's what it was. It wasn't can, you know, what can I get out of Kat's brain to like help my, help me grow my business. I was just a lonely entrepreneur who wanted someone to be friends with. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think having the intentions of just establishing a relationship first over what can I get out of this for my business is going to be the best way that you can go about creating a friendship like that. And then when it does become a friendship and if you do start selling the same things, I feel like for you and I, one of the ways that we've been able to navigate this well, even though we've had hard conversations, I think we're going to talk about that next. Like what does it look like to have hard conversations? Mm -hmm. But even though we've had hard conversations, I think one of the reasons why we navigate this well is because, yes, we are doing the same things, but like you've already mentioned, we do have different personalities and we are different people, right? Um, and so we even in our, in, our, in our introduction, you know, you talked about how you help people set goals and you love to quarterly plan and you're the person who helps make their dreams and their dailies happen in their business, right? And my focus is completely different. I'm not a goal planner. I'm not a strategic, futuristic type person. Um, and so I feel like in our friendship, Kat, like we have had a way to where we can say, hey, we can both teach people about digital products, but you're coming at it from your strengths and how mm -hmm. you help them implement based on your unique framework. And then I come at it from my strengths. And like, for example, if you're the calendar girl, like I'm the girl that helps people come up with profitable ideas and I can name them all day. Yeah. Right? Like we joke about this. You're like this. the idea generator. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that's such a good way to put it of knowing like for us, and this is like very specific to our relationship, but for us with digital products specifically, I want to help my students with the launch timeline, the, the project management of the to-do list of all the things on their plate and like how do they juggle that on top of other tasks and other things in their business and you're the one saying here's the idea like let's keep generating these ideas like what's the data telling you that the ideas need to be what's going to be like revenue generating for their businesses and really giving them something that is income and impact which I know like you care so much about and so mm -hmm. I think that's such a perfect example of like within our relationship we're just able to have this mindset of there can be two of us because we're coming at the same thing from a very different approach. So if you are wedding photographers and you're both teaching client experience, what's the UVP that you each have that's different, you know? And like, how are you each coming at the, what would be considered the same thing, right? Teaching client experience or for us teaching digital products, but from a very different angle that produces a different result for our students or for our coaching clients or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think there's naturally going to be overlap too. So I don't want to act like there isn't overlap, you know, right. but I also feel like you, I feel like I'm constantly telling myself that I do not work from a place of scarcity, um, that 
I'm going to work from a place of abundance and there are 7 billion people in the world. (laughs) And while we naturally probably also share audiences, like we have an opportunity to reach new people. And I think, I don't know about you, Kat, but I feel like I've even seen my own customers who are in my products, who are customers of my products that talk about digital products. They're also customers of your products that Mm -hmm. talk about digital products. And I think this is something that as our industry, we also don't like to talk about. We think that, If you are selling a digital product or whatever it is, a service, whatever, on whatever topic, you think that that person is never going to go purchase another product about that same type of concept. And that's just not the truth. I know that with my own website template business. Like people eat up my website templates and then they'll launch a website and they'll be, they'll just tell me how excited they were. And they're like, hey, I also mixed in some website templates from some other people that I purchased. And I'm like, you would think, why would you do that? Right. Right. But but customers actually really like to have different perspectives, even on the same topic. And so there can be two of us that sell the same thing, even from different perspectives, and our customers might, might actually want both. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've, we've talked about our personalities being so different, and the customer has their own personality too, right? So nobody's cookie cutter in this relationship. So in, to go to your point, they might appreciate Megan's perspective and Kat's perspective, just like if you're sitting there thinking about you and your best friend or like your, you know, quote unquote competition, like your people are going to appreciate seeing the two sides to every coin so that they can then determine what's going to work best for their business, their personality, their lifestyle, all of those variables that are factored into it. So I think that's a really, really, really good point to bring up. So when we're talking about offering the same thing, can we talk through like going into like the hard conversation of that? right? So we've talked through, yes, we can offer the same thing. And like the mindset shifts that we have to make to know, like there are more fish in the sea. (laughs) So like Mm -hmm. we can offer very similar things, but having a a different, you know, unique value proposition. I said like UVP earlier, that's what that means. Like unique value proposition. We can have differentiating factors about our marketing efforts, our brand messaging, et cetera, and be able to offer the same things. But how do we navigate those hard conversations together? If you're thinking through offering something new, but then your friend comes along and she wants to offer something that's very, very similar. This has literally happened to us before. So I want to touch on how we have talked about this. Yeah. I mean, I think we should just bring up the tangible example that we have and start from there, you know. So a very real example of this in our friendship is that Kat hosts a mastermind and it's a higher ticket mastermind in her business. And in that mastermind, the bulk of all of it, I think, from everything we've talked about on Vox, <laughs> is that you're helping people establish passive revenue streams, right? Yes. Um, and even though, again, like your person is probably a service provider who wants to add this on top. So you've kind of gone through it from that angle and you're helping them from a planning and strategic pers- perspective. Like, how do we do this? How do we add passive revenue? Okay, well, I also teach about digital products, right? And so I have a membership, a lower ticket offer where I am... Um, showing up monthly in different ways with my members to talk about creating passive revenue, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, a, an example of how this kind of like clashed recently is that you had this mastermind where you built out content that you're sharing with your mastermind group. And I was seeing in my own membership business that 
Um, I was almost like missing a step in terms of content for my members. So really Digital Lab is really well served for somebody who already has a digital product and has some sort of understanding of the digital business model. And they want to walk alongside with our community for the long haul and optimizing their sales funnels and how do I increase sales or what's the next digital product? How do I create my value ladder? All of these good things. Well, I was seeing that there was a gap in my membership of a lot of people who were there who didn't have their first product and felt a little bit overwhelmed and lost about how do I actually do this? How do I create my first product and set up my first sales funnel so then I can optimize and be in the game with all of you over here, right? So my natural inclination was to say, I need to create a course that's going to help somebody walk through the A to Z. Well, on your side, Kat, you were thinking, hey, I have all of this content that's already built out for my mastermind. I should turn this into a course. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And so we had a hard conversation around this because I remember, you know, at the time that we're recording this podcast, this is probably about a year ago today that you had randomly said on one of our Vox chats, like a thousand Vox chats a week, you said, I, I, I might turn this content into a course one day. And it was like a very passing comment. Right. Right. And then like, Six months ago, when I bring up this idea, like, hey, I'm really seeing a gap for my members here in Digital Lab, and this is what I'm thinking. And it was like immediately, well, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about doing the same thing. And that's what started this hard conversation. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think even just like starting from here now, like how do we navigate that hard conversation? Like what did we do and what can we encourage like you as a listener to do if you have – a situation come up like this. Yeah. I think first and foremost is not assuming that the other person knows how you feel or understands the ins and outs. Like we all know what people say about people who assume things, right? Like let's not do that in this conversation. So like with what Megan just outlined, which was a very real thing that happened last year, like within the last year, when she brought this up to me, my first thought initially, even before I said anything to her was, whoa, I was thinking about doing something similar. And so I had to like take a step back, sit in that, even if it was just for like a few minutes to like get my you know thoughts together and then bring it up to her, right? Like I can't assume that she knew how I was going to feel or that she remembered that I said that, especially because in our scenario, it was an in-passing thing. It's not like I'd been working on building out this course for six months, you know, and now she's like swooping in to do it. Like it was not that scenario at all. Um, but on my end, I had to bring it up to her. And that can be hard, right? Like it's hard to put yourself out of your comfort zone, potentially have a confrontational conversation and say like, hey, listen, I think this is great. I totally understand like where you're coming from on the strategy for your digital product suite. But I was also thinking about doing something similar because of X, Y, and Z. Let's talk about it. And that's literally what we did. So then we spent some very dedicated time strategizing in our Vox, you know, in our Vox conversation about, all right, what's Megan's reasoning for wanting to do this? And what's her unique value proposition? Like what is her why behind this? Like, how is this helpful for her customer? And then I did the same thing on mine and I got to brain dump. Okay. This is what I'm thinking. This is how I think my content is going to be laid out. And actually y'all in doing that, we realized that we had enough of a difference to where we could both move forward and it would be fine. Quote unquote, fine. You know, yeah. Going back to what Megan said earlier, there might be somebody that purchases both of them. Great. 
so be it. Let somebody understand how I would do it. Let somebody understand how Megan would do it and then let them create their own plan to passive profit. Please do that. But we were able to take that step back and not make assumptions and have a very clear raw conversation about the ins and outs of it for each of our businesses and each of our ideal clients. Yeah, for sure. And I think to piggyback off that thought process, so your advice was so helpful to say like, don't think that the other person under, or don't assume the other person understands how you feel mm-hmm. or the ins and outs of what's going on behind the scenes in your business. And for me on my side, I would say also like, don't assume that the person has ill intent Yes, when they are coming to you with an idea that might be similar to yours. Um, Cause that's something that I feel like we're constantly, I'm constantly remembering is like, you don't have ill intent towards me to like hurt me or my business. And I don't have ill intent towards you to hurt you and your business. We both have a same goal and that is to serve our customer really, really well. And so what you said next about how, you know, we dug in and said, okay, tell me, you even said, okay, like explain to me the reason why that this member, for example, me specifically, why my digital lab member needs this and what is the specific problem that they have that I personally can help them overcome. And we really did see that there was such a difference. And we already talked about this even earlier where it was like, I'm the idea girl and you're the calendar girl. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when we broke apart, when I like, I laid out like point by point by point by point Mm -hmm. for Kat, almost like it was a sales (laughs) page. I'm like bulleting out, like, here's, here's what I think my digital lab member needs. Here's what I can actually help them with. And I feel really confident that I can help them with even differently than anything I see on the market right now. Um, and it came down to the to the concept of they need a profitable idea and how to ensure that idea is going to be profitable before they move forward. And yours was all about from a planning mm-hmm. perspective, mm-hmm. right? And so we we both can teach digital business because at the end of the day, nothing is new under the sun, right? right? Like we're talking about digital products right now, but we can talk about any industry, any niche. Business is really not that complicated. It's pretty simple when you get down to the core of it, even in different niches, right? And digital products are no different. It's pretty simple <laughs> when you get down to the core of what what it takes to have a digital business up and running. So the truth is we're probably teaching a lot of the same things, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But it really does come down to like the angle at which you approach it and ensuring that it's not just about how can I make another buck, but how can I serve my customer really well in my own unique way? And I think then it doesn't matter if your friend, if your best friend ends up being your competition. Right. Not at all. And I love what you said about... So we're like to to back it up with not having ill intent and not assuming either. So both of those things, they also come down to like your mindset and really knowing that like when you're stepping into a conversation with a friend who is potentially already competition or could be competition based on, you know, the hard conversation that's about to take place, knowing that, right? No assumptions, no ill intent. Like I think for us, first and foremost, whenever we have any of these conversations, whether it's we're thinking about the same product, whether we're working together and, you know, we need to talk through things, issues, whatever, 
it's that foundation of friendship, like first and foremost, like we have developed that. And so that, even though I know, I know people say like, don't, you know, mix friendship and business, like things get sticky. Yeah, they can, but it's knowing, okay, but what hat am I wearing right now? And for me, the friendship hat is actually always on first and foremost. And so in any conversation that I have with you, it is going to be friendship focused, knowing that like, I want Megan's business to succeed. I want her family to have the lifestyle that like they are striving for. And I know Megan feels the same way about me. So when you're entering into these conversations with friends, I think it's really important to to note in this that it is a friend, right? Like this, we're talking about a close friendship. This isn't the stranger on Instagram or the person that maybe you DM every now and then and like, oh man, it looks like she's launching something similar. Like maybe you want to talk to her about it, but probably not because you don't have a foundation. You don't have a friendship. So this is for the friendship part of that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the next step of talking about the friendship is, you know, I've had friendships in the past where we mixed friendship and business. And one of the one of the things that made it not work in the end and we're not close friends anymore is the fact that we let things fester. Mm. And I think that's another thing that we've really done well and is worthwhile talking about in this hard conversation part um, is that if you have hard feelings if something does come up, just like Kat said, like take a minute, collect your thoughts, collect your feelings because you don't want to send somebody a message or you don't want to start a hard conversation out of like, I'm upset or I'm mad. You don't want to start that out of anger. You need to take a minute, collect your thoughts. Remember, okay, this person might not know my plans and this person doesn't have ill intent towards me. But what we're not going to do is let this fester for a long time. And I think for both of us, we are pretty quick to react. Mm -hmm. So I know for me, whenever there's been a hard conversation, I don't I don't let it even go a day. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe 30 minutes that I collect my thoughts and feelings. And then I'm like, OK, we got to rip the Band-Aid off, mm-hmm. send the message, have a chat about this. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think even for you, from what I know, you're the same way mm-hmm. to where it's like we're going to collect ourselves emotionally and then we're going to start this conversation. And it's in the past when it's been I found out, you know, maybe weeks later that somebody was upset with me for whatever reason, you know? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't like any of that. Like, let's just talk about it. If they're just like you said, I don't want it to fester because a mountain can become, or a molehill can become a mountain. I feel like, like Mm -hmm. it can start as something so little, but then it just like builds and builds and builds and builds. And then all of a sudden, six months later, you're so angry. Like you're so angry at this person. And it started with something that probably could have been resolved very easily, but you just tried to let it go when you didn't actually let it go. So if it becomes something that you can't let it go, like, I don't think you should nitpick, right? And anytime anybody says anything, they're like, I really agree with that or whatever. Like, no, we're not saying like nitpick your friends here. But if it is something worth discussing, discuss it right away. Don't let it fester. I also wanted to note, I don't know if this is the same for you, so I'll be super curious. It's helpful to me that we're doing it via Vox because I can use my words, like I can physically talk versus writing. Um, And so you know how I sound when I'm saying certain things, but you can't see my face. (laughs) So it's easier to like say something hard when I'm like staring at my kitchen (laughs) instead of like actually looking you in the eyes. But I know I need to say something that's hard, but I can still say it and not like look at you. Oh, 
Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> if we were, like, trying to text hard conversations. No. no. you Because you read mm-hmm. the tone differently than the person, the way the person wrote it. So absolutely, it's such a valuable thing to use a tool like Vox in a friendship like this um, because I can hear you. And I know your voice so well that, like, if you were angry with me, I could probably, <laughs> like, tell that. But I can tell – um you know, the tone of your voice and it just makes a message be delivered so much differently when you can hear the person. But I absolutely agree. <laughs> like when we're having these hard conversations, we're like, no, you don't need to see. Yeah. Don't, right don't get on Zoom and have these hard <laughs> conversations. Just send a send a, a Vox um, or yeah. like a voice DM or something if you don't have like Voxer. But voice DM is like a one minute limit, which is awful. So actually just download Voxer and like start sending voice messages on Voxer. Um, okay. This yeah. has been so, so interesting. I've like loved talking about this. I want to um, start to like wrap up some of these like thoughts that we've been having here. So we talked through just our friendship, our relationship. We talked about um, how we navigate when we both want to do something similar that would, in fact, potentially be competition or actually be competition. We talked about navigating that hard conversation. Um, How do we handle collaborations together? I'd like to talk, I'd like to kind of end it by talking about this because I, I think that this we see this happening just with friends in the industry, right? Like they have, for us, our strengths are so different. So we can then naturally like join forces together in certain things. Um, So I'd love to get like your insight for others on how to handle collaborations when there is a friendship layer there. And we can also share like some of what we've done too. Yeah, I think, again, if you have a friendship, just back to what we've talked about so many times, if you have a friendship with somebody who does something similar, but if you really can pull out a unique angle that you know that they have and you don't, then why wouldn't you want to serve your audience with that? So Mm -hmm. for example, you know, what we've talked about, you being the planner, me being the idea girl, like I've had you as a guest expert inside of Digital Lab to share specifically how to help people plan out their days and use their time wisely in order to accomplish their goals, especially when they're trying to add digital revenue to the mix. Mm -hmm. And I did that because number one, I do hold business with an open hand. And if my members want to be your member, then I'm fine with that. Like it's totally okay. Again, there's 7 billion people in the world. (laughs) Um, But also that's such a value add for my members because I'm not the planner girl. I am not the person that's going to help you make the checklists and plan out on your calendar when you should do what so that you can get your goals done. Like you'll you'll never hear me teaching you that because I can't, you know, (laughs) you help me do that in my life, Kat. Um, And so even similar with you, like I have been featured in your own membership. We're literally competitive products and mm-hmm. we're both in each other's membership again, but I brought something to the table that you might have not been able to serve your customers with and that's okay. And I think, again, I think at the end of the day, you really just have to remember that if you are going to approach business with close fists, then you're going to go out business alone. Absolutely. Most likely. Absolutely. You're literally and just going to be swinging all the time. Like you're going to be fighting yeah. all the time. And like that's you're not gonna... enjoyable. Right. No. And I, I personally, like going back to the scarcity thought process, like I want to strategically run my business, but I'm also not constantly thinking about the people that are leaving. Mm. Yeah. Um. And so while I want to set up systems and automations or, you know, whatever I can to encourage people not to leave, I'm not going to, like, 
cry at the end of the day every day because somebody doesn't say yes to me or they decide to in the membership model experience they decide to leave my membership like if it's not a great fit for you then that's okay right it's not a great fit I have work to do to show up for the people who it really is a great fit for and I think if we're both coming at business from that perspective you can collaborate and share each other's businesses even if they're competition with each other absolutely absolutely and um, to also note on like certain collaborations, y'all, like make sure that you feel as professional and official about those collaborations as possible, right? Like we, we're not going to advocate for like taking advantage of friendship in the industry. And I, I mean, I obviously can only speak for myself in this situation, but like I've never felt taken advantage of from Megan. And I would like to think that she has never felt taken advantage of for me. And even though like she's given me a discount for website design because I'm her best friend, you know, she'll be like, okay, well, this would be like, this is for you. Or I've said like, I'll do this or whatever. Like, yes, we like to say there's like perks to our like work wife relationship when it comes to utilizing our strengths and our gifts and our like toolbox to help one another. But there are also things where it's like, okay, we need this. Here's the contract. Okay, well, we need this. This is how it's going to be. And again, I mentioned before, like for me, yes, there's a friendship hat and a business hat. And I always want to be aware of the friendship. Like that's a priority hat for me to wear, but I don't want to not be aware of the business hat. And so if there are things professionally, contracts, legal things, whatever that need to be in place, please do that. Like protect what you're building um, and make sure even not even just on the protection that allows for very clear expectations, right? Like nobody could, should feel taken advantage of. If there's a bullet pointed outline list of like, okay, you're doing this, I'm doing this, and here's how we're like rocking and rolling and you're moving forward in it. So just want to like shed a little bit of light on that part of it too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that allows you to continue wearing the friendship hat. Mm-hmm. Like when you know that terms are really, really clear on the business side, mm-hmm. then you're just checking off your list and you can continue to feel – you continue to, like, pour into the friendship part of your relationship. And I don't know, friends. I feel like if nothing else at the end of this episode, like, I just want to encourage you to get out there and make a relationship. And I know we talk a lot about networking and business, but there's there's a network of people that you can grow your business off of, and that's a goal. But, like, if you can seek out just one friend in the industry, start with one person – and build a relationship, it is going to change your business and change your life for the better. And I just really, really would encourage you to make the effort to make that happen for yourself. Absolutely. We are living proof of that for sure. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning into this first episode. We will be sure to link everything that we talked about in the show notes below, and we can't wait for next time. Thanks friends for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next conversation. 